You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. It's good to be back on the Panthers on Tap podcast. We've been off for about a month. We got uh, Bryson and I both had birthdays. We're a year older now. Bryson, how you doing? Feeling old, man. Feeling old. But no, I'm, I'm good. Excited to get back and talk about some Panthers football, some news that's happened between now and the last time we were on. So uh, just excited to be back and, and talk my uh, favorite team. Yeah, o- OTAs have passed. There's, you know, the bullshit offseason stories that mean a whole lot of nothing. Um, but we got to bring in a guy, Will Kunkel. We've had him on a several times now from queen city news host of charlotte sports live also the host of the podcast the relatable journey will did you survive that sweltering heat today it was out out there no (laughs) (laughs) i I still feel like you know made it the worst was the rain that we and that huge thunderstorm we got this morning because everything was so buggy like the bugs were just everywhere but yeah, I mean, jokes aside, yeah, we, we survived it. You know, we weren't we weren't doing the things that the players were doing, so it was a lot easier for us. Well, Will, we haven't had you on in a while. I think it was maybe sometime this offseason. But since then, you've, ruff, you've ruffled some feathers a little bit here. We, we got to talk <laughs> about it off the top. Um, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, but I just, want, I don't want to, I don't know if you want to clear the air or you just want to keep on rolling, but talk, talk about that announcement last week. You know, honestly, it was, it's one of those things where we were super stoked. Like it's a multi-million dollar deal. Like it's a big deal. Now, if you, if you understand the business, then you understand why it's a big deal. I understand why the fans don't give a damn because it's not roster. It doesn't affect the team the way they wanted to. So I get it. I understand why people were up in arms. My, I was out there obviously trolling a little bit, but teasing the waters for something that was serious. I mean, it's a multi-million dollar deal, like I said, for the, us and the Panthers to team up. And it's a big deal. And we were, I mean, we we're beyond stoked in the building to be with the Panthers. And if anyone knew how far this station had come in the four years that I've been here, and it has absolutely nothing to do with me, the leadership, the change to be able to have a deal like that. We did like two minutes of sports a night when I first got here. We now have Charlotte Sports Live. We're the home of the Panthers. We're going to be doing a lot more now that we're the home of the Panthers too. So it, it was a monumental day for us. Everybody in this building worked so hard. So, you know, I think obviously got hyped up on everybody in here because they worked so hard to get this thing done and to have this happen was huge. And I get why the why the players – I mean, or why the fans didn't care. I, I understand that's not lost on me. And so I didn't, it's not like I clapped back at a, at a bunch of people, but I get it. But hopefully they understand why this is also a big deal for them too, because we're going to be doing a lot of things that no one has ever seen before because we've invested. I mean, our sports department is now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. Like that doesn't exist in the country, not just that's not wild. Charlotte. Like, it doesn't exist in the country because local news doesn't 
does not put money into sports. They are here for Shaw Sports Lab and Queen City News. And that's not me just towing a company line. Like, trust me, I'm in the business. I see it. They don't do it. Look around, look around the city, see who does sports. Yeah, I get well, it. I mean, I, I work in TV, so I understood it. I, I when I saw it, and then when it came out, I was just laughing. Wait, I, I kind of knew it was gonna. I was, I was funny. I was in Florida with my wife on our one year anniversary, and I tweeted it. She goes, "You know, everyone's gonna be pissed, right?" I was like, "How dare they? How could they?" No, and then like jokingly like, knowing, yeah, they probably will be, but hopefully, some of them will get it. Um, and some did, some didn't. But it's not something like I'm not going after the team. I'm not going after. Them. I'm not attacking anybody. So. Hopefully they allow it to kind of move on. Yeah, I, I just think everybody's on edge with with the pending news. Uh, and it's just kind of it, it, that kind of just compiled things. And and yeah, you, uh, you got eight down there. You need to add nine. You got to get Curtis down there to Charlotte. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> I get it. I trust me. I get it. With with everything on the horizon, it makes complete sense. And it's an emotional fan base right now. And it's not. It's not unwarranted. There's a lot of moves that are possibly on the horizon, maybe on the horizon, and there's a lot of pent-up frustration with a lot of things right now. So I get it. I understand it. And it wasn't meant to hurt anybody or to, you know, whatever, however you're, some people suck it. You're good. I just – I had to address it because I know people – I day. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into minicamp. We'll talk about those future moves a little bit, but – Let's start with today. You were there. What did you see at practice, just from your perspective? Like 12 guys that matter not practicing. Um, some of the biggest names not practicing, which is fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Those guys don't need the reps. Um, and they, they they talked a lot about today how they want this to become more of a player-led team. They, they don't want Matt Rule doing the uh, don't beat ourselves crap. They don't want Matt Rule barking at players. And it wasn't like a bad thing. It wasn't about punishment. It wasn't about running to hit the DBO sign. It was about missing reps. And that's the, still the same thing. It's just players like players like Shaq and, and Taylor Mullen being like, oh, you, if you jump off sides or you fall start, you're out. Like, we're going to pull you out, though. We're not going to have the coaches pull you out. So that's kind of a different feel. And you can do that when you have COVID gone and you can start interacting with players and the players can start interacting with each other. You can build up relationships and trust and you can start coaching people. You can have players coaching other players. Uh, but the biggest thing was like the biggest names not partaking because the younger guys need all the reps they could possibly get with the new system. So are the older guys too, but they've seen, they've been here, they've done this, they get it. Yeah. And I, I remember last season, uh, it just seemed like after every game there were at the press conferences after losses, it was always uh, players mentioning, you know, there's always those certain players that are, are taking plays off. They're not holding themselves accountable. So I think that that, you know, obviously factors into this decision and, and being able to have Shaq or whoever on the field or Moten to, to be able to call players out when, when they see they're not giving their all is really going to hopefully make a difference uh, for this team. Yeah, Hassan Reddick talked about that a lot. And so did Cam last year. And the yeah. fact that, like, there was just no accountability in the locker room. There was too much, like, oh, it's all right, get up next time. Oh, it's okay. But no, it's actually not okay. Like, we cannot do this. We are not that good of a roster to where we can – jump off sides five times. We are not the good of enough roster where we can have three false starts and give up six sacks. Like, absolutely not. It is not good enough. You have to know your assignments. You have to be disciplined because we have to play near – like, you see how tight the sliver is in the NFL for a good team, let alone a team that's average, maybe. So they can't have those mistakes, and they've, they've got to get them out now. Yeah. 
How did Sam look today? We we heard we heard Matt Rule say at the end of OTAs he had his best practice as a Panther to date. What did you see from him today? He's fine. Like I and I, I understand why Matt says that. And I have no problem with it. I really don't. Like his job is to hype up his quarterback. He saw some stuff he probably hadn't seen in a long time. Remember, he was injured at the end of last year as well. But I I, I personally can't judge a, a quarterback in particular until maybe the preseason, like parts in training camp for sure. But now I, I have no idea what I'm like. If you can't hit now, if he's really bad, then you'll notice. Like if you're missing wide open guys with, with no pass rush and shorts, like then we got something to talk about. He's just not doing that, which is great. Like, but that shouldn't be the standard. And I don't think that is the standard. The standard is to be darn near perfect when the conditions are perfect. So we'll find out in training camp really how good he is. But I've said for a while now, I think Sam gets better this year. That doesn't mean he's going to be the top five quarterback, but I think he gets better. The receiving core gets better. Christian stays healthier because the offensive line is better. When the offensive line is better, your timing with the receivers isn't rushed. You're not panicked. Like Sam's footwork can stay where it needs to be instead of speeding everything up. You saw, like I was watching film the other day. There were a handful of plays against the Vikings, against the Dolphins, someone else too, where like Sam would get the ball, drop back and throw it quick. I mean, quick. And it would hit the receiver in the hands, but like no way is he ready for this. It's like if someone just says, think quick and throws it at you. You're not going to catch it because the pass rush is in your face so quickly. He's so sped up if it's not in his face from the last hit that he took. So Sam's going to be better. How how big that gap is that he's going to grow, who knows? Hopefully it's a lot. Hopefully he shoves it all down our throats and says, look, I'm a stud. That'd be great. What about Corral, the rookie? Uh, it's It seems like from today um, they are taking this as, you know, just – Matt, you do you, you get ready to play. But what what are you seeing from Corral and OTAs and minicamp? That's it. Like that. And I asked Matt today, I said, what do you talk to with Matt? Like, do you tell him we need you to get ready for week one to be ready to play? Do we say that you're not playing year one? Do you say ignore everything on Twitter because Twitter wants him to play right now? Like, how do you have that conversation with the rookie quarterback that's probably got his head spinning just a little bit because there's so many different narratives out there for him and who can blame him? And he said, there's no clock. Like, there is nothing. Like, go out there, learn your footwork, learn your reads, learn the playbook. Like, just get ready. Just get ready. Now, if you're ready and you're awesome by week nine, week 10, two years, three years, whatever it might be, we'll assess that when we get there. But one, there's no competition right now. So there's no assessments really being made by anyone right now. Master's trying to get his head on straight and his feet in order. And that's the biggest thing. So right now, it's it's such a boring answer, but it's Matt's learning how to walk in the NFL. And I highly do not expect him to play this year unless things go really badly. Because if he's not ready, like you can't throw him out there and just let him fail. Like You yeah. can't let that happen either. You can't appease the Twitter fan base. You can't do that. And ruin a guy you might think has some hope. Now, if you don't think he really has some hope, you're like, well, hell, he hasn't been great in practice. Let's just see what he's got. If maybe he's a, not a great practice guy and steps in the game is great. But I, I'd be surprised if he plays this year much. We haven't gotten to talk to you about them drafting Corral. What did you think of him coming out of college? Were you are you think there's some promise there that he could be a, a pretty good quarterback in this league? Uh, like what's pretty good, and I don't ask that to patronize, but like what what's the expectation to be top fifteen? That's tough. Like think about who's top fifteen. 
like top 15 are guys like, I don't really know if I want them on my team. It's so tough. But then again, they get paid like a hundred million dollars. Right. So Kirk Cousins, like, do I think he's gonna be Kirk Cousins? The odds are not, but that's every quarterback that comes out right outside of like a Trevor Lawrence or somebody like this dude's got it. Let's see if we can not screw him up. That'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. There's only a handful of guys that you would declare to be a top 15 quarterback. So based on odds, I would say no. Um, but I'm who knows? Like it's, that's how early we are in this process. That's how little we know about Matt, his system compared to the NFL system and Matt Ben McAdoo system. But if Ben sees something, he's been on the record with a handful of quarterbacks that and he knows what he's talking about. He's not the quarterback whisperer. I hate when when guys say that because it's like a throwaway line of this guy's a genius when it comes to quarterbacks. A quarterback's gonna be as good as his talent is. Like Coaches aren't going to make them that much better. They can help them out for sure. But if Matt's got the goods and he can slow the game down and make reads, great. But I do love his quick release. Like his quick release allows him to at least just get rid of the ball. If he's not good, you can at least get the ball into somebody's hands that can make a play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a, a guy that I'm interested in also from that draft that we haven't really talked that much about is um, Icky. And uh, I think from what we've, heard uh through twitter mostly is that he's kind of been playing on the inside more and christensen's been taking more snaps at left tackle is that what you saw today yeah they're, they're kind of moving around i would be i mean remember we did so remember we had this exact conversation in spartanburg it was like Chandler moments on the right side today is that what you're seeing is that what's going to happen i mean yeah. the left side and i was like i'd be shocked if they move their best line on a bad li- best lineman on a bad line to a side that he's not very good they did it mm-hmm. once and he wasn't very good and i remember st- talking to scott Fitterer on the field the next game. He's like, yeah, we're done with that. No, we're going to put our best lineman, one of the best right tackles in the game, where he belongs. Um, so I think I, I think that Icky's going to play left tackle. Unless Brady is that much better, which isn't good, because Icky is supposed to be your franchise left tackle. And I honestly am obsessed with the pick. Like, I'm obsessed with this kid. I'm, I love the fact that you have a rookie that comes in that has the ability to lead, but also plays violent. So many kids come in that are – either over-aggressive in a bad way and they they don't lead so they don't have the respect of their teammates or they're so tentative that they don't play that aggressive way because they don't want to not hurt a veteran but, like, knock a, a veteran on their ass. Like, this dude plays violent. I've, I asked Brady about it and I asked Taylor Moten about it and they both said, like, dude, you see it right away. He is a violent dude when he plays his game and he's one of the nicest dude guys out there as is Taylor. So I'd be shocked if he plays left tackle. Brady can play everywhere which is a testament to him, especially with when he went through last year and he showed that he can play left tackle. Um, I, I think he plays on the inside more than Icky does because Icky's got 15 years potentially at left tackle. Well, Will, we got to talk about the QB that is not on this team currently. Jonathan Jones got, I, I feel like, some of the fans excited and some fans pissed off about it this morning. He said that there was urgency on Carolina's side to execute a deal. Um so they could get him in at some point in minicamp. What are you hearing? I know you tweeted out something uh, early on this evening, but wh- where is the Mayfield to Carolina stand? And is that any possibility in the next couple of weeks here? It's possible. Um, I, I asked somebody and I said that's with close to the situation. Um, how close are we to this or is it close to happening? And they said, it's not. Like it's not happening. It's not happening right now. We're not close. It's not. It's not where we are. Um, John, Johnson Jones's report isn't not true. Like they're they're still talking. This hasn't changed since draft night. It hasn't changed since probably before draft night. But the issue is the eighteen and a half million dollars. Like who's going to pick it up? How much are they going to pick up? 
and uh, the, the Browns and the Panthers are just going to play chicken because we get to, to training camp. Panthers, if they get them, they probably want them in closer sooner than later. But at the same time, how much is it worth for a one-year retread to go out? And, like, is he that much better than Sam Darnold? If, now, if you're paying $0 for him, okay. If you're paying $3, $3 million, okay, fine. But if you're paying $14 million, like, there's absolutely no way it's happening. It really depends entirely on the Browns. If if the Panthers want them, it's up to the Browns as to how much they're willing to pay for them. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it could happen, and it's certainly a possibility because there's been so many talks, but it hasn't moved in you know months. Do you think the Panthers have leverage over the Browns right now? Who who's got the ball in their court? I think the Panthers do because they have their quarterback. Um, the Panthers have a quarterback, whether you like him or not. Or you think he's your franchise quarterback? Like Baker's not going to be your franchise either. So. If you bring Baker and it's like, all right, good. We've addressed the quarterback position for the next five years. We're done talking about that. Obviously not happening. Um, I think the Panthers have the leverage because Baker wants out of there so badly. He, he's been excused from mini camps. He's no longer partaking in any team activities. And Deshaun Watson may never see the field again. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with that. And Jacoby Brissett, nice option, but not the quarterback that you want to lead your team to the playoffs. So I think the Panthers have the leg up. They need, they would probably, the Browns would probably take Sam because they can't. The thing is that the, the Browns have Baker, but they don't really have Baker. Like Baker's not uh -huh. playing for them again. So they need somebody if Deshaun can't play and Jacoby's not the, the 17 game answer. So Sam isn't the worst thing. Like he's better than the, the nobody. So I think the Panthers have the leg up. Now, out of the, we talked about Baker, there's still, Two other guys out there, Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo. Anything, any movement on that? Or there, is Carolina still interested in Cam? You had his comments he he had a couple of weeks ago that you know he said he was he went into a fucked up situation in Carolina. Is you know is did that muddy the waters at all? Or no, because I think the headline was that, but that's not what he really said and meant. Like he put himself in a messed up situation because he came in mid mid season, mid week, started that short week, didn't know the playbook, didn't know the guys. We tried to do it again and again and again. On and by the way, that line was so damn bad that he didn't stand a chance. Like I don't, yeah. I, I don't think Cam's the dude, but he's better than what we saw last year. Now I don't think he's the the guy going forward for the next two, three, four years. And that's what you ultimately are always looking for in the NFL is your quarterback for the next five years, at least. So maybe it depends how much money he wants. He doesn't want to be earning what he got. Uh, he got what? 6 million last year. So he doesn't, I think from what I've heard is that he doesn't want to be earning 6 million. And then the guy behind is earning 18 million, whatever that means. Um, so it's a business. Um, he also says he wants to win. Uh, the Panthers the place for him to win. Um, he'll have options late in the season. Someone's going to get hurt. But again, he's going to come into a situation, and it's going to be a messed up situation as it was last year because of the same situation. Jimmy's price is just way too high. Maybe they end up cutting him, though. And if they cut him, I don't necessarily know how all that works. If the Seahawks are able to get him before the Panthers and who has priority if he hits waivers or or whatever it might work. And I, so I don't want to say anything more because I sound like an idiot for someone that does know. Um, but that's a possibility, but not for a trade. It's just the stake is too high. So, and I think you've said this already, but you think heading into training camp, it's going to be the same quarterback room as it is right now? I think so. 
Yeah. The one I, there was months ago, I thought Marcus Mariota was going to be added, but not, not, not based on anything I heard, just kind of like one of the best options out there. Uh, and I thought Marcus may have been the, may have been a good guy for one year because he wouldn't have cost you a lot. So I think as it sits right now, I think this is it. And I think that's okay. Because again, by default, Sam's going to get better. And the offense is like, I don't worry about the offense. Like I did last year. My only concern is the most important position in all sports, the quarterback. So <laughs> if he's good, we're, we are all right. I'm more dis- dis- concerned about the defense than I ever was last year because of the lack of pass rush and linebacker play right now. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue because I wanted to talk about Carlos Dunlap. He was in, he was in yesterday for a physical. He met with the coaches today. Anything you're hearing on that end? Quote, nothing is imminent is what I was told. Uh, I think it would be a great addition. Not that he's great, but he – as a guy that has been there, has done that, has had success at eight and a half sacks. I don't he, I don't think he would get eight and a half this year um, with the rotation that they would inevitably have on that side of the line. But I, listen, more depth, more options, more possibility. Because if you don't pass, if you don't rush a quarterback, you're just toast. And no matter, and this secondary is actually really damn good with J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, Xavier was and Jeremy Chin. Really good. So, but they can only stay with guys for so long <laughs> that they're eventually they're going to get toasted if they can't get to the quarterback. And we saw this years ago with the Panthers. Like, they were giving up, and they weren't getting any interceptions because they couldn't really put any pressure on the ball. So, um, yeah, I think Carlos Dunlap would be good. I asked about JPP, and I was told that's not going to happen. So, Carlos Dunlap's probably the best guy out there at this point. That's a free agent from what I looked at. Yeah, and, happen, and uh, talking about linebackers, uh, I, I don't think I heard anybody ask Matt Rule today, but uh, do you know what's going on with Damian Wilson? If, if he's going to be able to play this season or, or every time we ask, they say it's a, you know, ongoing investigation situation. We have no comment. Um, so nothing there. And I don't know that he's great, but he's good. He's better than they probably have to offer at this point at linebacker anyway. Yeah. So you need him. Um, is that going to force the rookie to get in there a little bit earlier than than they were thinking? Probably, probably. Yeah. Now I will say, in the NFL, you can hide your linebackers more than you have been able to in years past, uh, depending, especially depending on your scheme. So you can hide, you want linebackers more so they can go side to side now. Like like Luke's Luke was actually way faster than, and more athletic than even people a lot of people think. He played side to side, sideline to sideline, really, really well. Um, but like that, you know, that big. Um, who's that? Who's that linebacker? Takeo Spikes, uh, like type of linebacker, doesn't exist in the NFL as much anymore because it's such a spread out, pass happy league. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, know, you can get cut up over the middle because the tight ends now are so damn good before when they weren't. Yeah, that's true. Can you talk about Steve Wilkes, the addition of him? It seems like he has really, I don't know, it just seems like this secondary, there's more excitement to them and. I love Steve. I haven't talked to him once because uh, I wasn't. I didn't talk to him much when he was here. But he, you can tell when he talks and when Paul Pascaloni talks, they have seen it all. They've been through it all. They command respect. Um, they are truly respected coaches. They've done it at the highest level. Whereas in years past, this was my biggest critique of Matt Staff was that there wasn't anyone that has been there done that. Even Ron Rivera said in his first year. I needed somebody on the staff that had been head coach because I just don't know what I don't know. And then things start moving really fast. And there's a lot of crap you got to deal with. And Matt talked about this last week 
you just don't even think about just scheduling and phone calls and zooms and like you're part CEO, you're part head coach, you're part like politician. There's a lot of moving parts that you got to do. Like when we, when we uh, announced our partnership with the Panthers, Matt and Scott had to come down and do like interviews. It was the last thing they wanted to do. Like they're, they're trying to figure out this roster. They're trying to do football things. Like they got to show up and do stuff like that. Whereas the assistant coaches need to be, not necessarily former head coaches, but have been around and seen it all, know exactly what to do. And Matt isn't around because they don't have to be told what to do. And I think Steve Wilkes is perfect for this coaching staff. No, I totally agree. I think his impact, you know, the Thieves Avenue back in the day, I really think he's going to be pivotal for some of these young guys, you know, Keith Taylor, CJ Henderson, even um, for their development. Yeah. I hope CJ is good this year. I don't, um, you know, there was some talk about him today with Matt. He's like, you know, I think it was important to have Stephon Gilmore in the room last year because we know that now that good football players can just be quiet. You know, they don't have to be loud. They don't have to be boisterous. They don't have to talk all the time. Um, he told a story that C.J. Henderson came over to his house for dinner and he told his wife, you know, C.J. comes over, he's very quiet. When Dante's going to be over here, Dante's going to hold court for like three hours. He's just going to talk nonstop. But then CJ saw their dog, and apparently that he loves dogs. We talked for about the dogs for like 35 minutes. So I just hope that his head's on straight and hope mentally he's doing all right. And I hope he has great success because he could be a huge, huge asset for this secondary uh, in the medical package. Well, while we're on the topic of coaches, uh, I, I wanted to get your opinion on um, Matt Rule this season and what kind of leash do you think he's on this upcoming season? I think it's it's in the hand of David Tepper to start the season. And then we'll see. Like, There's not a lot of wiggle room late, mid to late in the season. So we could very much have a year where we what, – what's it, Browns, Giants? And I forget after that. What's uh, – I'm like booking travel as <laughs> – I guess last night's all I did. Let me look at the schedule here. So you got – Browns, Giants, Saints, who we beat last year. But let's not forget, we got slaughtered and embarrassed. Not slaughtered, but like it was a, the worst game I've ever seen against the Giants. Yeah. So to count that as a win is like you can't just count it as a win. And I always say, like, we go through the schedule, like, Browns, possible. Giants, oh, yeah, they suck. Saints, we'll see what happens. Court. Like, when people look at our ske- their schedule and they see the Panthers, I promise you, they go, oh, win, win, win. Yeah. Like, yeah. based on everyone else, we're going 0 and 17. <laughs> so. And that's obviously not happening, but there are some winnable games, but that leash is in David Tepper's hand. I firmly believe that. And depending what happens in week one through through, I think we're, we're going to figure out if it gets a little longer, if it stays there, if it gets shorter, if they open up. Oh, and two, it's getting tighter and tighter. And I think you're going to feel that. Um, and I don't know how much, I think it has a lot to do with Matt, but I think a lot of it has to do with his quarterback play. Um, yeah. We've seen a lot of bad coaches over the years have success because their quarterback is awesome. Uh, it's a quarterback-driven league. It doesn't mean head coaches don't have a lot of say and affect a lot. They do. But just looking at the schedule, like after we Browns, Giants, Saints, and then the Cardinals are going to probably be pretty good. 49ers, Super Bowl champs, Rams, Bucks, Atlanta's yeah. going to be trash. Bengals, Super Bowl last year, Atlanta, trash. So there's two wins – I'll give them two. You know, it seem like we always split with them, though. Yeah. Baltimore, Denver, like, no, no. Um, so you got to win early. Otherwise, it's just – and the bye week is in week 13. So yeah, that actually helps that. Screwed. Yeah, they screwed. They screwed that late bye week. Again, I hate that. 
Um, and I don't even have to do anything. I just travel along with them. Um, like that helps Matt though. Cause if it was in week five or six, there's your perfect time. If you're yeah. not, if you're not doing well, that's true. So who knows? Um, and I like Matt. I, I genuinely like Matt. I think he's a good dude to talk to. He's informative when we talk off the record. He's insightful. Um, and I, I hope he wins. Like I, I'm never, whether I think he's a good coach or not a good coach, I like Matt and I hope he has success. And, and selfishly, the more success he has, the more success we have, especially yeah. now with the partnership. It's just more fun. Like people watch pregame shows, people watch postgame shows, and I don't have to go on there and be like, well, that's up again, nine sacks, four interceptions. Like that gets tired really quickly for four years in a row now. Yeah. Um, and I will give Matt credit. He talked about the fact, like, I had to do a lot of self-reflecting this offseason. And one of the things he said that he was always good at, at Temple and Baylor and wherever he had success was the fact he was in the relationship business. And that's what football is. You can't yell at a guy if you don't have a relationship with him. He's going to just not listen to you. It doesn't matter who earns more money, who was, who does what position, and where you are on that hierarchy. It doesn't matter. You need that, you need that relationship. So he's like, that's what made me successful. I'm going back to that. And that's why I saw the Panthers camp the last few days. And people ripped him for being Kukology last year. Well, I promise you, as he mentioned today, those guys loved the field day, the Panthers camp. Like, that's what they love for. They live for competition. It doesn't matter. Like, if we all got together and played ping pong or flag football or Mario Kart, we all want to win, and it's going to be fun as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand people are like, well, that has nothing to do with playbook. I get that. But I've talked about this on Charlotte Sports Live at nauseum, and I asked Matt about it again today, and I firmly believe this, that – when you do things like that with each other and you know why, even if, if you, one's black, one is white, one is Republican, one is liberal, one is from Jamaica, one is from America, one's from London, it don't matter. If you start to know the guy next to you, you will die, bleed, and sweat and sacrifice any play for the dude next to you. If you don't know him, you're like, and you're tired, you're like, hell with this. Hell with that. And that's so important for this team and every team. You have to have that camaraderie to sacrifice for the dude next to you. Well, we got to talk about Robbie. We didn't mention that. <laughs> um, you know, Robbie had the tweet, the famous tweet Saturday. Everyone knows about it. Considering retirement, he deleted it. He was back there today. Seemed like he was limited. Where do you think stand with Robbie? So we asked Matt about this, and I actually re- there were like four or five, four questions, three, four questions about it, and then I revisited it later because I kind of wanted some more clarity. And it's always kind of an awkward, like back to Robbie after you said you don't want to talk about it. Um, did you talk to him? He's like, I don't really pay attention to Twitter. Like, well, is one of your guys that just just might not be playing anymore, and so it is a big deal. I think a lot of it has to chalk up. It's like Robbie's just Robbie. And it's like Manny's Manny, Charles Barkley's Charles Barkley. And trying to get in the head, that head sometimes isn't easy. And I actually think Robbie's a lot smarter than people give him credit for and think just because he's a little different. He wears, he has, you know, his hair looks fun, funky. And he wears weird outfits at times. Um, but I, I think he's a lot smarter than people think he is. And so I'm actually interested to have a one-on-one with him this year. I, I've wanted that all last year and we couldn't get it. Um it sounds like he's back. He did all the photo stuff today. Um, this we'll find out. Like, who knows? I like who knows where his head was. And I think we've all had a couple tweets that there are a couple drinks. Like, we'll see what people say. Like I said, today's a great day to be a Panther fan. Is it not? <laughs> Is it not? Is tomorrow not a great day to be a Panther fan? And he just fired something off. I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. 
So I don't know how, how deep you get into it, but again, it doesn't mean it's not news uh, because it's one of your highest paid players threatening to retire. Yeah. Now we got to go back. I got to talk. I got to bring up the Baker stuff again, just to go back to Robbie. Does his comments in the off season muddle that at all? I mean, not if it's, if it's anybody's comments, it's not going to be his. It's be Ben McAdoo's like, Ben was the one that said he was like the fifth best quarterback in that draft or he was too small. He wasn't any good for all intents and purposes. If it's anybody's, it's him. Who cares? All due respect to anybody on the roster from a player standpoint, who cares? Like if your offensive coordinator thinks you suck as a quarterback, that's yeah. the one you got to kind of, you got to figure out a little bit versus a receiver. If the receiver's open and Baker throws in the ball, they're going to be well, very, Well, you know, Ben, ben wasn't high on Sam though, either in those comments. So like – true. It's, that's that's tough to say. Let's end on yep. this. We got we got to talk about we got to talk about David Tepper because that guy has been more in the spotlight than really anyone on this team. And I just want to know where you think this. Rock, I, I know the Rock Hill stuff is dead, um, but where does the Panthers go from here with this practice facility, this headquarters? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know outside of Pipe of Foundry what else there is. He wants to keep it in Charlotte. It makes the most sense. I don't think he wants his legacy tainted by that. You already have trouble getting play fans to the game. I don't know where else you're going to move it farther from the biggest population in the Carolinas to get butts and seats. Um, I think I think Pipe and Foundry is it. I also think he might realize at some point that you don't like the practice facility concept is a little overrated. I mean, guys, they've been playing football for hundreds of years without the state-of-the-art practice fields. It doesn't mean what they have isn't great. Like, it's not great. But, you know, they went to the Super Bowl with less. So just get good players. Um, I think Pipe and Foundry is it, though. I think he's bought up a lot of that land, not only Pipe and Foundry, but across the street on Moorhead. Um, he's gonna. He's got bigger visions than a practice facility. I, I promise you that. And it's the, you know, he's talked about the Final Four coming to the Carolinas. The fact that Charlotte's never held a Final Four, kind of hilarious based on the fact that, I don't know, we're the home of college basketball, but certainly one of the few out there with Indianapolis and some other places. Um, so, yeah, like he he wants a bigger facility, but it's more than just football, frankly. It's, it's a huge business development. Like He is the king of Charlotte. Like he is what makes this city evolve. Without him, there wouldn't be Charlotte FC. There wouldn't be the Panthers' progress it wouldn't be honeywell because honeywell moved here because of charlotte fc coming here like that's why we got charlotte fc is because david tepper and raleigh didn't get them even though they're a better soccer city arguably than us because david tepper was here so he's makes this city significantly better place whether you like some of the moves or not it's not exactly the easiest thing to figure out how to build a city around you (laughs) yeah have you got anything confirmed will i thought i saw some reports that Panthers were had filed for some drafts in 2025. Is that was that I actually like reported that, um, like weeks ago and somehow didn't like catch on for whatever reason. But and I yeah. thought I mentioned that to Bryson before the episode. I thought you did a, through a FOIA request or something. Yep, you, exactly. We'll tell so us exactly, about that a little bit. Morgan, it was Morgan Francis who filed the uh, one of our reporters here filed it, and then the two of us kind of went through it, and she got through all of it before I did because she's way smarter and. That was part of the things that uh, I was like, there were two like big takeaways. One that they called it project avalanche down in South Carolina, the Rock Hill development. And that 
the Panthers were filing paperwork to become to host the draft uh, those two years, 25, 26. So, yeah, we knew about that. It just for whatever reason, kind of got buried. And now it's coming back out because I think the NFL, one of the NFL spokesperson confirmed it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a shocker, though. I, I mean, I don't know that the city could hold it based on we don't have the best hotels and they're not really great, really well situated. So I don't know that we could host an event. I was surprised that although I was very surprised at how well we did the NBA all-star game. So I think that was a good test. That was, I know it was a test ground for the NFL draft. Mm. Okay. Okay. Bryson, you got anything else? No, man, I'm good. Well, Will, we just want to thank you again for coming on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Hey boys, the best, and only for you guys. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up a couple more times, certainly down in Spartanburg, I would imagine. Oh, amen. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you down in, uh, hopefully it's not uh triple digits down there. <laughs> Has Spartanburg changed? Cause <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be exactly. See you boys. See, see you later. Man. All right. We just want to thank Will again for coming on the Panthers on tap podcast. Bryson, I thought it was interesting. Um, just kind of reflecting back on what Will said from him, it sounds like he doesn't think Baker Mayfield or a a veteran is going to happen for the Panthers. I hope that's not true. (laughs) I mean, that, that kind of worries me a little bit. I hope, I hope I do hope he's wrong on that because going into this year with just Sam Darnold, I think is a recipe for disaster. I don't care how good, the offenses around him. Mm-hmm. There's there's two main points that I look at. I, I just find it hard to believe that that's true or that's going to be true um, that they roll with Sam Darnold. And the first is we have a lame duck coach who, if he doesn't win, he's going to lose his job. So I think adding and and I'm I'm on record. I think Baker Mayfield is substantially better than Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and Baker Mayfield when healthy, is at least a top 20 quarterback. So um, he's he's better. Um, I don't know if that's really an argument, but I think having a lame duck, lame duck head coach and needing to win, uh, Will went through the schedule. We see how hard it is. We're going to need somebody competitive at the, at the helm. Um, if, uh, if, the, if Matt Corral isn't you know, ready, which everybody thinks he's not going to be. And that doesn't mean anything necessarily bad for him. It's just, he's a rookie quarterback. So uh, I think that, and the fact that they've been saving this cap room all, all off season, really, they, they've, they've kind of held on to this, this cap room. I think they're what, at like right about 24, 25 million right now. And they've been saving it for, they say, you know, mid-season moves or whatever during the uh, during the season when players get injured. But I think all signs point to them adding a quarterback. And whether that is Baker Mayfield or whether it is Jimmy Garoppolo or even Cam Newton, I think that they will add one before the uh, before the um, off the training camp starts. And I think that even they have kind of alluded to that is that, you know, they're, they're looking at the veteran quarterback market. They want to add one. Uh, and I, they haven't, you know, they haven't really stood behind Sam and say, he's our guy. We're rolling into camp with him or anything like that. So I think all signs point to them adding that quarterback. And I really do think it's going to be Baker. You know, I was on the Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, not trained, but I thought it was going to be Jimmy for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's still a possibility, but 
I think that with all the smoke, especially coming out today, um, Carolina is going to end up – one of the teams is going to cave, uh, I, and I agree with Will. I think Carolina has leverage. Um, I think that their situation with Watson is sticky, and they need to get Baker out, and I think that Darnold could be that backup plan for them. So I, I really do think it's going to happen, and it's just a matter of time at this point. Yeah, just to add to the to that is Matt Rule and Scott Fitter – really, Matt Rule has not named Sam Darnold the starter. He has every – he's had every single chance possible to name him the starter and has not. So that's another big thing. He could have come out and said last week when they asked about an OTAs, today he could have came out and said, yeah, Sam Darnold is our day one starter – and has thrown and thrown his full support behind him. He has not done that. He said, as of today, we name him the starter, but that that's that's not going and throwing your full support. So with them not doing that, I definitely think they're still fishing for something. And I hope it is Baker Mayfield. Um, I want to reiterate, I was on the record saying they should not go after a retread, but if they can get a Baker Mayfield, or I'm even starting to accept the fact if it was Jimmy Garoppolo, if they were to do that and not give up a lot, and now I'm talking about draft capital, I am all for it. I do not want to see Sam Darnold behind center in week one for this football team. I don't think he's good. I don't think the supporting cast around him is going to be enough because of his deficiencies. So I am fully been I've been fully on board with this Baker stuff um, really since early, I would say, March, uh, maybe into April. And I've I've been praying this stuff heats up, man. I really do. And I you see the tweets today and then it kind of falls by the wayside. Nothing happens. So I'm yeah. hopeful. I'm hopeful something comes together. Yeah, and this week or leading up to training camp, but. I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the day, it's it's a business. So, what what do what does David Tepper think is going to sell seats more? You know, bringing in a veteran quarterback that's unknown about how he's going to perform with the Carolina Panthers and on this roster, or starting Sam Darnold again, who was the worst quarterback that we've seen in a long time uh, in Carolina, uh, and and bring him to to start Week One of the regular season. I, you're not going to sell tickets. You're not going to sell season tickets. It's just everything points to them adding one of those guys, and and I would bet money that they do. Yeah, and they have, they don't have anything to lose. I mean, you you can't give up a lot for these guys. I I'm fully set on that. Like, you're not getting more than a late round pick for Baker Mayfield. Five, I think, is even pushing it. Six and above, and then you're eating half his contract. Like that, they can't be doing that. So if the if the Browns can, you know, lessen up the load a little bit, I think that it's a no-brainer. Baker Mayfield is better than Sam Darnold every day of the week. I mean, it's, there's no question about it. And I get it. Folks are, you know, he's still, you know, oh, he's a mediocre quarterback. Well, I don't think Sam Darnold's a mediocre quarterback. I think he's shit. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think Baker Mayfield, I don't know why fans are so hesitant. I don't know if it's, you know, him, his issues in the locker room with OBJ or his ant just his antics in general off the field. Um, but I think 
why not add him to this room? And I think him and with with Matt Corral, that might be bring the best out of Matt Corral too. I don't know. I mean, two. It almost seems like those guys are alphas, yeah, or alpha than Sam Darnold is for damn sure. So, um, I don't know. I I, I just I hope it happens. <laughs> I've been. I mean, we both have been pretty active on Twitter and preaching this for several weeks now, hoping something comes together. And I really hope it does. And I hope the Browns can find somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in there. And maybe with time it happens, I don't think he gets released. I don't think that's going to benefit them. I think they're going to hold on to him and some team sooner or later is going to, is going to trade for him. Yeah, I agree. But let's, let's leave it there on the QB uh, on the Baker talk. We we uh, will talked about Cam Newton. Did you have any comments on him? What he had said? He was on that. I want to make sure I'm sourcing them. I think it was the Pivot. Is that the right podcast? Yeah, I believe that's the correct name. But um, he was on there. Let me just. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was on the Pivot. He basically Cam Newton came out and said that he he kind of heard him his own development and his himself as a QB going into situations that weren't very good to start with. Yeah. Um, and he mentioned the New England Patriots um, coming in. He was still learning the playbook midway through the season, um, coming in right after Tom Brady left. And then you also have when he came in, what, week nine or ten last year. I can't remember when it was, but it was in late November came in on a Thursday, played on a Sunday, and then the following week he started in Wash, uh, against Washington. So just just thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I don't think anything he said was wrong. I, I think he's absolutely correct in saying that, you know, he did put himself and the Panthers put him in a in a very, you know, fucked up situation. And, and like you mentioned, you know, learning the players that he's playing with and learning the playbook and – starting a week after getting there it was just you know i wanted to see it as a fan and as a as a cam newton supporter uh but it you know it really wasn't smart uh, for either side and it definitely has hurt his stock i think um people you know really don't see him as a starting quarterback anymore and i think that he still has some left in his tank that he could at least compete for a starting job and i think that he would win a starting job uh in a couple places actually so uh, I, I agree with what he said, and uh, I hope that he, he gets another chance, and I hope that, you know, his last ride with Carolina wasn't his last ride ever in the NFL. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with his comments. I think anyone can – it's easy to admit that the, the situation in New England wasn't the best, and – to one in Carolina was for God sure was not great at all either. Um, as far as he's got stuff left in the tank, I mean, I think I think he could compete. Um, I'm not a, I'm not going to get in the discussion with you because I know, we both know where we stand on this, but it's I'm hesitant to say he's going to start again for another team. We'll see. He might. I mean, I think I don't. I don't know if a team is going to give him a chance to come in in training camp. I think it's going to be one of those situations. If a guy gets injured, they're going to call him up. Um, I don't know why that's the case. I don't know if teams feel like he doesn't have anything left in the tank. 
They're worried about his presence on the sideline, which I thought feel like he's he's kind of proven that he can be in a backup role. He showed that even with the Panthers last year when Sam Darnold or PJ Walker would go in and they were playing this two QB bullshit system. And I felt like he was a pro about it and handled it well and slapping, giving Sam Darnold high fives on the sidelines after throwing a touchdown or PJ Walker. So I feel like he's proven he can play that role. And I think that's what has made teams so hesitant because he is this big alpha, you know, QB and the whole mantra and the dabbing and the just his personality. Um, and I think that's maybe where it's going to go, but I think we'll just leave it at that. I think, I think we're comfortable with that. Let's talk about Matt rule. Let's end on him. There was a PFF ranking that came out. Um, it's probably about a week ago or so. And it charted 20, the 26 coaches who are not new coaches this year. So out of the 26, they they ranked Matt Rule at 24. Um, they said Rule has overseen some solid defense performances during his time in Carolina, but his offense results have been nothing short or nothing less than putrid considering the Panthers' talent. I'll start. You can finish on this one. I mean, I don't agree. The results aren't there. I mean, I do agree. If I, I think I said I don't agree. I do agree. I mean, the results aren't there, so I don't think he deserves a very high ranking at this point. Do I have faith that he can move up? Obviously, I'm, I'm, I've been a Matt Rule fan. I think he's a better coach than what, what the records have showed, but um, I don't hate the ranking at all. I mean, you got to prove yourself. Um, don't care what you did in college. You're 5-11 and 5-12. and 12. You got to improve this season, and he better come away with a – damn near close to or a winning record and you're you're scratching the playoffs because time's running out we'll talked about it. i mean that leash the leash is in david tepper's hands from from will kunkel so bryson thoughts yeah uh what was the it was 24 out of what because how many new coaches are there it's 24 out of 26 oh, okay yeah yeah i think that's fair um i agree with the i honestly don't know who the other two at the bottom were I'd, I'd have to look it up, but anyway, okay. go ahead. Um, yeah, I agree with the with the obvious statement that the offense been, has been putrid. He's made mistake after mistake with the quarterbacks, um, evaluating talent on the offensive line, uh, playing Christian McCaffrey too much and getting him hurt. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on with the offense. Uh, the defense has been good under him. Uh, he, I feel like he does. He evaluates talent, I think, to – on the defensive level, on the defensive side of the ball, I think he evaluates talent well. Um, and I think overall he, he's, he's a decent talent, talent evaluator. I'll give him that. But I just don't know if he's a head coach. And I, I really think that he's just that kind of guy that his, his style of um, preaching and, and DBO and, and those kinds of things is just more of a college head coach kind of style. And, getting grown men to buy into that kind of thing. It seems like, you know, he's changing his style three years in. He's, he's letting the players, you know, call people out. And and so he he's he's seen that it's not working. So, um, I you know, give him props for, for changing and kind of, you know, taking one to the chin and, and saying, you know, this ain't working. So uh, do I want to see Matt Rule fail as a person? No, I don't think 
he's a bad guy, like Will was saying. I think that Matt Roll's a, a good person. Um, but as a fan, I expect more from my teams, and I expect, uh, especially going into year three, um, progress. And I just haven't seen a lot of – last year they regressed from the first year that Matt Roll was there. And I think that that was obvious uh, because they went toe-to-toe with Green Bay and uh, with Kyle Allen at quarterback at Green Bay, like the first year Matt Rule was here. You know, those were exciting times because you were like, wow, this is – we might have something here. But they regressed last year, and um, the defense played well, sure, but the defense had its faults. We all know that how they were on rush defense. Um, So we'll see. I I hope, you know, I I hope Matt Rule shuts me up and he keeps his job and the Panthers have a winning season and we have a head coach for a long time. But I just really have a hard time seeing it from what I've seen uh, so far in the Matt Rule tenure. And I really feel like this is his last season. I I, with the schedule the way it is and um, especially with the way the quarterback room is sitting right now, uh, it's going to be tough to win some games. So we'll see. But. I think 24 is probably good, and uh, I really don't think he's going to get much higher than that. I found the list online. Dennis Allen's at 25. Robert Sala's at 26. Matt rules ahead of both of those. Well, Dennis Allen is a first-year head coach, though, because he's he just took over for Sean Payton. But he's coached he's – been- he was head, head coach, coach before. before. I think that's how they did it. I don't know okay. why he's – yeah, I th- I was confused by that myself. Um, but yeah, and then there's Dan Campbell, Zach Taylor, Todd Bowles is in that 21 to 26, that kind of lower tier of the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but for what it's worth, yeah. So, again, I think – I mean, there's no doubt he's on the hot seat and – they better win quick because yeah. that schedule is going to be tough. They lose to the Giants week two. It, his seat is going <laughs> to be hot as hell, especially if it's another embarrassing loss like it was last season. Oh, my God. It's Who's the tough. coach? Is it, it's Dable, right? Is Dable the yeah, Giants Dable. coach? Now? Yeah. Okay. yeah, that'll be interesting to team see. Who, who gives a shit about the Giants? But anyway. Let's leave it at that. We still got a lot to unpack. We got some good guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. And hopefully the next time we come back here, Baker Mayfield is on the Panthers. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Well, we're just, we're glad to be back. We want to thank everyone for listening to the Panthers on tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes, wherever you get your podcast, give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 